That one there was The Optimist by Central Coast artist Evie Irie. bit of optimism is needed in the world at a time like this. And thankfully, perhaps to help us with that, Amy and I are joined on the line by Evie herself. How are you going? I'm amazing. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Very good. It's good to hear the amazing response as well, <laughs> especially given the state of the world at the moment. So there's a good bit of positivity straight off the bat. Now... First off, at just 16 years of age, um, you signed a record deal despite being actually advised against it. What was the major factor in, in your decision-making and such a big decision? Um, I think that I just thought it was the right decision at the time. And I think it, I think I, I still would think the same thing. Like at the time, it was there was so much going off and on and so many offers for record deals and agencies and management and publishing and everything that... It was sort of a hard, it was sort of weird because everything was happening really fast and it was an overload of opportunity and I just thought, you know, I sort of have to take it now because if I don't take it now, then I don't know when it's going to happen again because this is sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity and that's sort of how I saw it and how my parents saw it, saw it and then we just went with it and we're just like, why not? And I trusted Monty, who was the head of Republic and I was like, please give me a good deal. Don't do me wrong. And he was like, yeah, sure do you really want to do this? And I was like, yes, this is really what I want to do. And so it just happened very fast and that's just how it went down, I guess. That's really interesting as well because, you know, something like that is such a big decision and to make something like that at such a young age, obviously you have a very good support network around you. Yeah, I have an incredible, my parents are the most incredible people in the world, the most supportive. My management and my team are just so great and intelligent and like, knowledgeable especially in this industry this crazy industry so the balance is perfect and I think that I just trusted their opinions and went with my gut and just I think everything fell into place perfectly so now I'm here well you are and earlier in this year I actually saw you supporting Bastille in Sydney uh is it weird being a support artist uh because you have to bring a lot of energy and try to get the crowd uplifting because I mean that's part of the support of it um, but at the same time, often the crowd don't reflect your energy. Is is that a yes. weird sort of vibe being on stage trying to do all that? Yeah, it's challenging, but I just love performing that like I'll perform the same to 10 people that I will to, you know, a stadium or whatever it is or the Bastille Room or the Sigrid Room or my own showcases. I'll perform the same energy. That's just how I bring it to everything. I never am like... Yeah, I'm never, I just love to perform and just love to like bring a lot of energy. So I think it's hard sometimes when you don't get a, I don't really, when I'm on stage, I don't really focus on anything. I'm just so in the moment and just so in the songs and with my band and just like in it all that I just don't really, as long as people are like smiling or at least like looking and not like completely turned away, that's all I really care about. Just a slight nod along to the beat. You're okay with that? (laughs) Yeah. That's how it all starts. Come on, what are you doing? Like, it's hard because you give so much energy on stage. You expect people to, you know, you expect them to be giving you the same energy. But in reality, some people don't like to do that. Some people listen to music and they just like nod their head or just like stand there and like awe and just that's their way of consuming. I mean, when I go to concerts, I'm like an insane person. I'm like (laughs) jumping around all over the place because I just like, I know the feeling. You want to get back that like energy when you give it. So either way, it's amazing to perform and get the opportunity to do that. But 
I just perform. I just love to perform, and I'll do it either way, like with a crowd that knows my music or not. <laughs> you give all this energy, and then the main act walk out on stage, and everyone goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you do you find day, su- right? do you find supporting acts uh, like a, of that kind of magnitude have a real positive impact on your exposure and, and, and the the potential fans that you gain from that? Yeah, I I think the thing that gets me the most like exposure out of that isn't necessarily performing but like after I perform I'll go down into the audience and like talk to people and actually connect with people because especially for opening acts my set is only 20 minutes long so it doesn't give me enough time to really show my personality I just sing the whole time and like talk a little bit and do a little thing and like here and there but it doesn't give me enough time to really fully connect so I'll go into the audience and I think that like gives people the more personal connection and like i just love face to face i love to talk to people like in real life i don't like to message or like all the other ways of going about making friends or fans i just think personal connection is the most important and most powerful thing as well and that that approach to to your performing that you actually go and, and meet and and try to connect with fans on a very personal intimate level is is what would certainly set you apart from other artists and, and it, you know you, you're kind of destined for success if that's your approach to your fans um but uh you, you you also spend a fair bit of time in la now what goes on in la is that where you write and perform or is there a musical connection there yeah i do a lot of my songwriting there almost every day i'm in writing sessions just meetings and some of my band members are there, so we'll all, like, practice. And there's a lot going on in L.A., not right now, obviously, but, like, just a lot of opportunity, performing, friends, community. There's a lot of people who, like, are going and doing the same thing as you, so it's nice to have a community and, like, sense of um, place where you sort of fit in and, like, people can understand how your life is and understand how you feel about things and what you're going through and you can connect with people. Because, I mean, we're doing such a particular, like, very, very particular hard thing. I mean, everything's hard, but this is, like, you know, giving so much energy and not receiving stuff and, like, the traveling and being away from family and, like, being away from friends and not being able to connect with people fully because you're always busy and, you know, the sleep and, like, having to wake up and just work and work and work for hours in the studio and not seeing the sunlight. There's a lot of things, so it's hard for people to understand what you're going through. I think there's just a community like that. And also there's such a big writing hub there that it's just like some of the most talented, incredible people, they're there. And I think it's just worth being there. So that's why I've been there so long. And as well as that, do you find that your music connects more perhaps with an American or LA audience to what it would in Australia or is it quite universal in that aspect? Hmm, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't really like, I think I have some fans in Australia. I'm not too sure. What would you think? I don't know. Do you, you think my music connects more in LA or in America? You, you've or definitely here? got fans in us, and I think you definitely have fans in Australia based on, on what yeah, we've seen. So I, I I would say that your music has a universal appeal. Um, it's it's fantastic, actually, that you've been able to, to harness what is in LA as well and use that to your advantage. Yeah. Well, if you have just joined us, uh, we are chatting to Evie Irie. Uh, a part-time coastie, I guess we can say, considering she spends half sure. her time uh, in LA. But on that note, 
we have to talk about the elephant in the room, coronavirus or COVID-19. You're in Australia at the moment. So how is that going to impact your future plans in terms of music? Because you said you do a lot of your writing and I guess that's all there really is to do in times of self-isolation. I mean, now I just have to write by myself and like work on like an acoustic set by myself or something. I'm not too sure. I'm a little lost right now because it's so... I mean, I was meant to go on a tour. I was meant to play festivals this year. And, like, right now I was meant to be in Bali for a huge writing camp with Oak. And, I mean, there were so many things I was meant to do this year. So it really sucks. But it's, like, it's a little issue. It's not huge. Next year I'll pick it back up or whenever this, like, is over and, you know, sorted and we can all be out and, like, interacting with one another again. I'll be on the road and like really be live because that's what I really enjoy the most is being out and performing. And obviously we can't be doing that right now because of safety health reasons. But when it's back on, that's what I'm going to be doing for sure. But right now I think it's, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out what I'm going to do and how I can use this time valuable. I'm trying to recreate, reconnect with my family and reconnect with my friends who I've really like been disconnected to for a long time. So that's really important to me right now. Yeah, obviously that, you know, that's a good thing that you mentioned and it's good that that's sort of where your priorities are during this time. But is it also a bit frustrating given the timing because you've just come off a big support tour. You said you were going to go to be playing festivals and headlining your own shows. Is it sort of really halting where you were projecting to be by, say, July or the end of the year? Definitely, definitely. But it's okay. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Maybe I'm just like naive by saying that and like trying to blame things on other things and like make it easier on myself to be like, oh, this is why I'm not doing it. It's because like everything happens for a reason and maybe like whatever's going to happen next year, whatever happens after this whole thing is better than what would have happened. So I try to see it like that to not let myself get too down about it. But yeah, it's disappointing, but... Yeah, everything happens for a reason, I hope. So maybe whatever happens next is like more incredible and I get way more opportunities and maybe people come out of this really appreciating live music and when I play, people will actually like engage a thousand percent to like the music and like, you know, give me back that energy and all the things I'll really appreciate the live aspect and like how important that is and reconnect with real genuine music and like, real storytelling because that's sort of the way it's all going after this. It's not, it's all stripped down. It's all real. And like, no one wants crazy music. That's like really built up. They just want to keep it like genuine right now. The the optimism that you've got is really, really fantastic. Um, I was going to say, it just proves that your song, the optimist isn't just a con. It is actually from yourself and your own beliefs, which is really cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, could you could you give from from a musician's perspective, from someone who understands the industry very well, um, what is the best thing that people can do to continue supporting you as an artist and more broadly other artists and, and your industry in general? Hmm. I think there's like it's sort of hard because the only thing that's like really available right now is social media, which isn't something I'm a huge fan of, honestly. But like. I think people can just like be active on that and be and sort of share how they feel and really um, can try to like use that to the best of their ability to like connect with um, artists like myself and you know get to know each other and fight through this terrible 
virus and it's hard because it's not like you can donate to us or anything and there's like no reason to but you know I think it's more important to like focus on building our communities back up and getting this all figured out and staying safe and not getting it out of control not focusing on us right now really (laughs) I think we should focus more about the world and keeping it safe and alive it's a really good really humble response as well I think because you know I mean we see other artists and this isn't you know a jab at other artists I think it's very important as well that the music industry stays alive but you do see a lot of people saying you know buy buy our merch do this do that to try and help which i think is important but i think you raise an even larger issue which is just the 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 nation and the world as a whole yeah i mean once once that's all figured out and once we're on track and normal again i think there's going to be a lot of changes in like how people view things and how people appreciate more things and there's going to be a whole whole completely change in going about daily life and appreciation and everything. So I think once all that happens, music is going to go back to normal. And I honestly think that it will probably be more special and unique to be able to see someone live and, like, all those things will be valued way higher than it is now and maybe there will be music industry and appreciation and, you know, maybe away from the social media since we'll be all be on it for the next <laughs> how long. That's going to be our only way of connecting with people. Maybe people will be so sick of it that they just want to, do live and see live performances and be a part of that human connection. Yeah, perhaps that's a, a really, a, you know, a silver lining of everything that's going on at the moment. I, I had thought I that. So. I had thought that too. That the first gig that I'm able to go to once this is all said and done will be absolutely amazing. I'm sure because it's looking like a pretty long time between them at the moment. So I'm sure we'll all emerge from this with a new appreciation, as you said, for all things music and, and a whole lot of other things as well. Um, now, I want to talk quickly about your new single, uh, Over Him. Uh, tell us a little bit about that song. Is it as simple as it sounds in the name or, or, or what, what what's to it? Well, it's sort of as simple as that, but it sort of has, has a little twist to it because the song is about not caring not not caring but the song's more about when you let go of someone or like break up with somebody usually you're breaking up with them because they're not good for you and I think so many times I felt like that I need to be upset about you know letting someone not good for me go because all the things that I'm going to miss out on like the like you have to let go of someone it's always really hard but like I wanted to make a song that sort of made you think like you know what I'm letting go of this negative energy. Now it's just time to like be myself. I can finally breathe again. I can finally, you know, do what I want and not be held back or have any boundaries and I can really do what I want. And that's like, I want to have that sort of empowerment, like female badass little thing to it and like make it a little bit grungy. I wrote it in London. So I want to bring that like London edge to it and like with the production and everything. So yeah, that was sort of the inspiration behind it and what it was about and what I was hoping to like get out with it and get with the music video as well, like visually, that sort of aesthetic and feeling. Well, you've really gone global with all your songwriting at such a young age. You're half-time in LA, half-time here in Australia, and you know, we recorded that one in London. Uh, and yeah. something else that's kind of gone all over the world is the TikTok version of Over Him. It's gone semi-viral. What is your reaction to all of that and seeing something like that on such a big platform? 
It's so weird. It's so <laughs> strange. I just don't get it. Like, I get it, but I don't understand, like, at all. I just think it's hilarious. So you didn't initiate the challenge to try and get the song viral. It just happened organically? I guess so. I mean, I'm sure, like, I don't even know. I have to look at it now. I didn't realise that it was a thing <laughs> on TikTok. I knew that TikTok was a thing. I didn't realise that my song was a thing on it. It's good. It reflects your approach to social media, which is actually really <laughs> nice and refreshing that, that all this stuff's happening and, and you're just kind of cruising around. But it has really done well on TikTok. And it is, it's obviously a credit to you because it's not something that you intentionally did. Um, but the single that we, we are about to hear is Over Him. It's your newest release. Uh, we won't keep you waiting any longer. Thank you very much, Evie Ora, for joining us tonight. And all the best uh, in these uh, new and uncertain kind of times. I hope that you can use it to, to only improve your career and, and, and your future as a musician. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.